you know, and, and they were saying, you know, counselling for me. I said, absolutely fine, okay. So obviously asking why, and, and as we went down that path, and I just put it to him, I said, look, if you wanted to get fit physically, and you went to the gym, and that PT wasn't the right person for you, you didn't get that connection, you felt like that PT weren't working, would you stop going gym? And he said, no, no, I'd, I'd try a different PT. And I said, right, there you go. That's it, you've just hit the nail on the head. You've possibly not had the right connection with a counsellor in the past. It's about building them connections, you know, building that rapport and hopefully moving forward from that. And it kind of symbolises just of, like you said, is what we think about counselling at times. It's a natural process. You know, you build up connections with people. You speak to people. You work with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, I get a great deal out of as well um, for the for the right reason. Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. We're recording at the incredible Wheatwood Hall Hotel Podcast Studio. This is a podcast that goes way beyond stigma. We talk about men's mental health and mindset. We encourage the type of conversation that will open you up to another way to live life, another way to see yourself and the world around you. If you are ready for that, you're in the right place. I'm Stevie Ward and I'm an ex professional rugby league player and captain and now I guess I'm a bit of a podcaster, speaker, actor, writer, entrepreneur. I'm still working all that out but at Mentality we help men take control of their mindset by teaching them to find purpose, resilience and what I believe is the new success, inner peace. That sounds good. If you are that guy who is waking up to the fact that they need to do something different in life and the same old habits aren't working for you, it might be time to step up. If you want to start your journey with us, you can go to mentality.co.uk forward slash coaching to join the best team you have ever seen. Okay, just to start off, you two just don't look like counsellors, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you two do not look like counsellors. We're a counselling podcast, and um, I'm looking at John and Lee, and they're some big fellas. There's some guys that have been through some stuff and um, and done some in life, but it's uh, a part of the mentality counselling journey, I guess, um, in getting to sort of redefine counselling and finally get counsellors that men can connect with, I think. So, to introduce where we are with mentality counselling and, and, and why we've done it and, and how it's all going, John, can you just give us a little bit of a synopsis um, as we bring on our second counsellor, Lee Jewett, um, who's played a lot more rugby than I've ever played um, and had a longer career than me. Might have had as many concussions as me as well. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, from similar, well, from similar backgrounds being rugby. But I think we um, we see ways that we can improve it too. And this conversation, this podcast, is going to be about um, the makeup of that and the progress that we are making already. And I guess how we want to continue to evolve and grow. John, could you just tell us a little bit about the why behind mentality counselling and also. Um, how it's been going. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, David. Yeah, 
it's been going great in short and i think this is why we find ourselves here tonight um you know introducing and welcoming leon to the team um as you recall you and i did our first podcast sometime last year where we launched mentality counseling which came as a consequence of you and i working together on my dissertation and making a connection making a friendship and deciding that that mentality you know of, of its various strings that it had to its bow a great addition could be the counseling and so we talked through it how it might work and, and, and launched it and we were hoping for some conservative success and uh, we got some, some conservative success with a load of other success stacked on top of it to be quite honest from that first month that we launched it it was absolutely great like i said those those who were listening can sort of go back and listen to our original podcast where we were really hopeful and really keen and hope that things would go well it's back podcast 62 or 63 isn't it it's some time ago now but um it's it's taken off brilliantly you know the message and the values and the purpose of mentality have been a huge um almost a huge way in which we've been able to really advertise and, and put counseling first and foremost in, in, in the in the minds of people who need it the most and the people who've already had a pre-existing relationship mentality through podcasts through the apparel through evolve programs they've been able to understand that this is something that's been available to available to them as a consequence of you know the promotion and the awareness and the profile of, of yourself as well so that was brilliant so i always knew that we stood a good chance of uh, getting some awareness and getting some getting some traction uh, but it took off hugely um i think that's because of the unique nature of it really um it's growing all the time. It would be remiss of me and it'd be quite ignorant of me to say that there are no men therapists out there and there's no men who specialise in seeing men. That's simply not true. But it's it's true enough to suggest that the, the, the field is dominated, if not by, by a, tra a traditional way in which people see therapists, i.e. Uh, predominantly female therapists, of which you know I've worked with myself. It, this is not, that's not the issue. It's more to do with the fact that there is this pre prevalent attitude that therapy simply isn't for men. Now that's improving, but you know, using mentality um, as a way forward to try and present and reframe counselling and reframe what we're doing, it's been hugely successful. And you know, we started out that first month. So we started around April last year. That first month, we saw we had twenty sessions. We had twenty sessions of therapy amongst, I think it was about four or five clients. Um, by the time we'd finished last year, I, I sort of reported back to you on how we'd done and we'd delivered, you know, nearly 300 sessions of counselling across 40 clients, which was massive, absolutely massive. We, we could, we, I don't know if you and I had any expectations, any sort of metrics or ideas about numbers. I know that I guess I didn't, I guess I just wanted to be busy. And if we were busy and we were getting good testimonials and people were happy and the work for me from a therapeutic perspective was fulfilling and was um was proving tangible was providing tangible change for clients and they were reporting that and we were we were finishing on a real good high we, you know, i i felt pretty good but i couldn't have expected the numbers that we did and so you know we finished we finished 2021 you know having seen over you know 40 clients and nearly 300 hours of counseling and that and those two numbers and completely irrelevant as of now you know you know interfect near the end of the february with uh those numbers are considerably higher yeah that's a, that's awesome and and 
that's a little bit of a background for how me and John came together and what John has been able to offer through mentality counselling. And it seemed very natural. It's been very natural to, to go into John Letty's full-time job. And something else that seems even more naturally is you coming on board. Um, I know we spoke a little um, at the sort of the Rugby League Cares Warriors walk, which is bringing together all these old ex-players um, to get them together and give them a challenge, give them something to do. And uh, me and Lee spoke at length, really. A little bit about life, about life as being a, a rugby player, injuries, concussions, and what life would look like moving on, moving on from this at this at this um, event that Arrow Cares put on. It seemed really natural to me after chatting to him that it would be incredible to get Leon as a counsellor um, and to progress in the way that we're going, which feels natural and it feels like something that we're building that, that can help redefine counselling and redefine what support is there for men. And more importantly, feeling like men can take up that support. Um, Lee, what, what is counselling to you and, and, and why do you do it? <laughs> Great question. Great question. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just first, Steve, I want to throw something back at you. What does a council look like? Because at first you said, yeah. you know, about, like, council. <laughs> I'm just curious about I know. Well, mate, that's that's what that's what we're that's what we're breaking down. I'm yeah. so <laughs> conscious, mate. I'm so conscious of the word counselling and and the concept of counselling. Yeah. Um. And like John mentioned, the traditional sort of concept of of what a counsellor is is not two uh, two big guys staring across at me at the room and 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 like. But the thing I want to cut through with this is having men that that know that you guys have been through similar experiences or know that you guys um, understand what it is to be a man, understand what it is to um, cope with the challenges of being a man and whether that's being in the challenges of being in a rugby environment, whether that's being in the challenges of what it is actually to, to operate as a man in the life. That's that's what I want to do, and that's why I'm so happy to, to sort of like bring you guys together and 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 offer this. I guess um, you guys don't look too scary. You don't look um, anything anything too crazy. There was a, on that Stevie. There was a like there was an hashtag that went round on uh, on Twitter. What what the councillors look like or. This is what counsellors look like, I think it actually was. And I think it was a really good sort of call to arms for psychotherapists and counsellors to say that actually we're coming all shapes and sizes. You know, there's no there's no real sort of uh, pre the, the archetype or the stereotype of what a counsellor should look like. It's tired. It's probably a little bit offensive to the people who do actually look that way, but are bloody good therapists. But also it's... Um, you know, it shows that there are a variety of different people out there who come into this profession for different reasons. And I think, you know, as, as Liam Shaw will, will tell us in a moment, like, you know, his story is as unique as anyone's really as to why he sort of came forward and decided that what, that, that counselling and therapy was something for him. I know I've got my own story as well, which I shared on the last pod. So, yeah, I, I guess, Lee, what, why did you get into this anyway? Yeah, and I think last time we spoke, John and Steve, you know, for, uh, I was I was supporting players 
whilst playing. Um, not counselling them because I didn't have the skill set. I, I was I was supporting players without without knowing it for so long. Um, you know, players feeling at ease, speaking to me about on field issues, training issues, you know, personal family issues, and and I was just kind of that that person who who'd listen and then obviously give advice at the time. Um, but one thing I've always I think I've always had is I'd never give I've never given advice on what I would do. And as soon as I started studying studying myself to be honest and why why I'm that person and why I like to help people, that, that's where it kind of led me into into the counselling and and quickly I realised that a lot of the skills from a counsellor um I'd have from just 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 being me. You know, I didn't I didn't when we speak about, you know, that, that natural way, I just felt like, well, I'm not fighting to to show empathy. You know, I've got, I've got empathy for people. You know, I'll, I'll work closely with them. I won't work off my own beliefs and direct people that way. You know, I can I can kind of put them to one side to a certain degree. You know, and, and advise and advise people at the time. You know, a different a different way. But at the same time, all this was going on. You know, we spoke about changing room environment. I quickly realised that everyone in a changing room was behaving different whether that was 20 minutes before a training session, whether that was 20 minutes before a game, everybody was behaving different. And, and as Stevie, John, you'll know, some lads <laughs> were being sick in a bin. Some lads are singing, some lads are dancing, some lads are having a coffee. Some lads are, like myself, probably just in that moment, you know, just, just getting ready to, to go into battle. And it quickly came to me of, wow, we're all going doing the same job in 20 minutes, but we're all reacting so differently. And that kind of led me on to studying, you know, the psychology, the counselling, you know, the, the human mind, you know, our makeup, why we behave like we do. Um, and that was kind of the, the biggest turning point for me. And then I, the more and more I, I studied, the more and more I took in, I knew it was, I kind of cut my career short. I really think I did. Um, again, you know, Hindsight, you know, could I have carried on? Well, yeah, possibly, but that fire in my belly was was fading. And I, what I quickly realised was the, the things I was doing away from the game, you know, speaking to people at a time, counselling people, that was making me happy. You know, that, that, that was my purpose in life. So I, I chose then to say, you know what, that's that's my time now. I, I want to step in the unknown because it was at the time, you know, I, I were I leaving a sport that I'd, that I'd spent 17 years in to step into the real world, as we like to speak. Um, so, yeah, you know, just going back to some of the stuff we're saying on the back of that, you know, with counselling and, and what counsellors look like. For me, it's it's irrelevant to a certain degree. You know, as soon as you find a connection with someone and you have them conversations, it looks a completely different, it's a different ball game then, if you like. Um, and it, it's funny that we're speaking about this right now because it won't long ago that someone asked me, um, about connections, you know, and, and they were saying, you know, counselling for me. I, I, and this was a, a man who was, was speaking about men at the moment. I said, absolutely fine, okay. So obviously asking why, and, and as we went down that path, and I just put it to him, I said, look, if you wanted to get fit physically and you went to the gym and that PT wasn't the right person for you, you didn't get that connection, you felt like that PT weren't working, would you stop going to gym? And he said, no, no, I'd, I'd try a different PT. And I said, right, there you go. That's it, you've just hit the nail on the head. You possibly 
not had the right connection with a counsellor in the past. It's about building them connections, you know, building that rapport and hopefully moving forward from that. And it kind of symbolises just of, like you said, is what we think about counselling at times. You know, it's it's a natural process. You know, you build up connections with people. You speak to people. You work with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, I get a great deal out of as well um, for the for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate, and I love how you're saying that you, you look for that connection and you look for that person that it could be. Um, and you hit the nail on the head where it's like, well, I look for another PT or I look for another person. I think that the stuff with counselling, and I think this is why we're trying to change the perception or we're trying to sort of like bringing people that, that gives different skills, you know, like you and John have different skills, you have different backgrounds um, and similar experiences as well. But I think you have to be able to take it upon yourself when you're looking for counselling to think what, what it is you need or to actually work out what you need and, and, and who's the type of person that you want, what's the type of issue that you've got, who do you feel like would be best suited for helping you with that specific issue. Um, so it's, it really is about that, that human to human connection. And I think that what we're trying to do is really just try and offer that as much as possible and offer that sort of like option for people to take it upon themselves to when they feel, or when they wake up, when they feel like they need to clear something up that they can do, and then they can use you guys as someone to sound that off sound that off with and, and, and sort of get to get to grips with it um, and Lee just like in specific for, for, for you playing and, and, and your career like is there any moments you can think of which sort of came up for you in your life or which which sort of like really tipped you into wanting to pursue psychology wanting to understand what psychology how that worked yeah. in, in playing, but also for, for being happy in the world. Yeah, you know, I spoke about the different um, behaviours in a changing room. Uh, that was a huge turning point for myself. And then, you know, I, w- I was very fortunate. We lost to, to yourselves at the time, Leeds, uh, when I worked Cass. And, but I was very fortunate to, to play at Wembley. You know, there's so many players that don't get that, that opportunity. Um, and I remember before we went out and one of the, the players, um, you could feel the tension you know, in the, in the changing room. And, and as the lads were walking out, they said, don't look around. Just keep your head down because it'll overwhelm you. And a little bit different at that moment, you know, during that get that, that day, uh, building up, I felt no pressure. You know, a little bit different. I'm usually the one who, who's relaxed, um, but I do feel a bit sick. I had none of that. None of that were going on. So obviously, you could say, well, is that not a bit worrying? probably the biggest game of your life and, and that them natural behaviours aren't, aren't there. But what I quickly found is when I walked out, I looked around and I, I soaked in everything. I embraced it because ultimately it might never happen again. It never happened again. Um, but that was a turning point for myself as I can handle pressure probably better than what, than what I thought. Um, and everyone's got a different way of coping with it and different way of, 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 um, of experiencing it as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it was the wrong thing not to look around. I'm not saying it was the right thing, but it worked for me and it quickly came, you know, not one size fits all. And I know John will speak about that with counselling. You know, it's not one size fits all. Um, 
And that became apparent pretty quick. You know, everyone's experiences, everyone's cultures, everyone's spiritual, everyone's experience different along the way, uh, their environment. So it, it can't be one size fits all. Everyone's individual and it's what works for you. And, and just going back when you were speaking then, Steve, sometimes, you know, many were walking through the road, might not know what works for them. You know, they, they might not. So it's, it's digging them, it's digging them answers out for them, you know, and letting them find the answers opposed to, to myself sitting there giving answers because that, that's not the way to do it. You know, everyone can find the answers. They just, they just hidden a little bit deep down sometimes. Um, so yeah, man, I think the, the two turning points were for me was the, the behaviors in the changing room, which was massive. Um, and, and Wembley, but at the same time, I've had adversity along the way, you know, I've had, I've had huge, um, which I'm, I'm pretty open about, and I have spoke about, you know, in between boys, you know, I've, I've spoke quite openly about them, about having to uh, stop playing for five months because they were poorly boys. We, sp we moved to the hospital, we spent five months at the hospital with them. Uh, got told, you know, various things. So that 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 job, that that great job that I've done all my life had to be put on hold for five months, but it put life in perspective for me again. And it's how I handled that situation and how I saw other other mums and dads in the hospital handling that situation. You know, everyone's different. Yeah. And what 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 type of clients do you see, Lee, and, and what type of challenges have you sort of been dealing with and, and helping them with? Yeah. Um, I've had a full mix. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've had, I've had ladies, men. Um, I've done a lot of work with children and adolescents. Um, pretty... A lot of the stuff is around worries, stress, um, anxiety, and to be honest, a lot, a lot of self harm. Um, I've done a lot of work around, around self harm, and it's just for me, it's just become apparent just how a lot of people need it normalising. A lot of things normalising because we all normalise so much in this day and age. That's that's my personal opinion. You know, we all normalise so much, so a lot of the time, people just want to hear some. I won't say hard truths because they'll figure it out themselves, but they want to find the truth and, and get back to normalising how they're feeling. You know, being able to work, to work through that. So yeah, Stevie, um, I'd say a full a full diverse mix, which which is what I love to do. And, you know, when we speak about, you know, mentality, the, the stuff, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Look, we're helping people and, you know, it's... It's helping people, you know, work through them, them struggles, them life struggles. John, um, what what challenges or what do you feel like men put up with nowadays? I, I've talked quite openly about some of the themes that I find, particularly working with men. I think fathers and sons is a huge topic, a huge topic for the men in general, our childhoods as men, I think there's a huge uh, emphasis, particularly on men, for when we stop being a child that we forget about everything that happened to us, that somehow the, the, the ley lines, all that attachment, all that uh, neuroplasticity that's been formed around the child. And by neuroplasticity, I mean the way in which our thoughts and feelings and the way in which our personality is created neurologically you know, we, we go through a real formative stage as a kid. And, you know, a lot of young men who faced difficulties, particularly 
I find particularly around parents and especially fathers and sons is, is, a, is a real touch point for me. Um, getting them to understand and connect with the idea that what they've experienced wasn't right, formed them, and it's up for debate and it's up for challenging and, and their relationships and the role of fathers can be up for challenge up for challenge as well because I think, you know, alongside the severity or the, 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 the significant impact that our parents have on us, I think the role of mother and father sometimes for a lot of people means that they're, they're beyond the beyond reproach they're beyond comment and criticism and that often leads a lot of clients particularly men to not really know where they are because if they can't challenge this role of father if they can't criticize but they're still feeling a hell of a lot came from their childhood or when they do start looking back they find that a lot came from their childhood where are they they can't label it they can't push back, they can't criticise, they can't be objective. We're otherwise objective humans, where, but where our child is concerned, we look at it through childlike eyes. And so I, I guess I guess the, the dynamics around our parents and, and being parented and then how we go on to be a parent, it's a huge touch point for a lot of men. A lot of men do go through postnatal depression. It's a huge, very, very unspoken about um, issue within men around attachment, to our children around the fears and worries and vulnerabilities around being a, being a father. And that, that's also um, quite figural in my work as well. Yeah. And, and this is probably an open question for both of you, but I know you guys have spoken a lot as we have been sort of introducing Lee to mentality counselling and Lee's been coming into a lot more of what we're doing. Is there a distinction between how you guys work as counsellors? Like, do you offer different things? You know, like, what's what's the consensus that you guys have got to on that? I mean, we, we train slightly differently. Our modalities and modalities is basically the arms or sort of schools of psychotherapy that and counselling that underpin our qualifications. Slightly different. We're both person-centred therapists, um, ultimately. Lee does a little bit of CBT and psycho, psychodynamic work. I work in Gestalt and emotion focused as well as existential therapy but we we would never have time to go into the depths of the distinctions between those and essentially lee absolutely said it right when he and said it best when he said you know it's a, it's about seeing change and it's about serving serving the client in front of you and in that we're very allied we're both person-centered you know we're both we're both northern men who played rugby and now are therapists so there's a lot more that there's a lot more that combines us um so lee obviously a lot more recently um but this is the thing it's about it's a values game is therapy above all else and if you if your values and your purpose and your ethics and your approach and your drive and your passion are in place, then there will be a hell of a lot more that unites Lee and I than, than, than makes us distinct, really. We're looking for the similar sort of outcomes, but um, you know, we're looking for the clients to be happy. But we're both predominantly person-centred therapists, which means putting the client in there as the focus of the work and having that, having that flexibility of agenda. One question that you're always asked as a therapist, your supervisor should be asking you, you know, you, you, when you're trained as a therapist, you know, whose agenda is it? Ultimately, it's the agenda of the client. And I've got as many, ultimately, in, in, in practice, I have as many modes of therapy as I have clients receiving therapy because everyone needs something different. It's a little a little add of this, a little reduction of that, you know, more of this, certain clients respond to certain things. 
certain clients don't respond to, to anything. And, and as Lee said, you're going to have the odd one where you've got a therapeutic rupture and you're not going to be able to work with certain people. You're not for everyone, despite the fact that we cover quite a lot uh, between the two of us within the psychotherapeutic and counselling world. You're not going to be for everyone. And it's understanding when to back away from that work and to recommend someone else as well. But I, I absolutely, you know, we are in the business of creating a therapeutic environment through which clients can explore and find out a little bit more about themselves. And, and, and that's ultimately what Lee does. It's ultimately what I do. And, and so we're, uh, we're not as distinct as, as the pieces of paper and letters after our name would say, really. Just on the back of that, John, you know, it's, um, you know, people who come to therapy or many who come to therapy, you know, you've got to come for, on the back. It's coming for the right reasons. Well, it's not because you've been told you have to come. You know, yeah. because you want to see that change and you know at the moment, you know, I'm probably not not thinking and behaving the way I want to. So maybe I do need a little bit of support, a little bit of help. So I think that's it. That that plays a huge part as well is is people who are coming through the door or many who are coming through the door is, is understand that they're coming because they want to see a change as well. Rather than being told you, you, you need to go or you have to go. I think that plays a huge part in this. It does. We call that agency, won't we? And, you know, I do still get clients for whom, both male and female, for whom their partner will ring up, a parent will ring up, um, you know, their wife will get in touch, or people are trying it just because it's a thing to do. And there is a correlation between buy-in and success at the end. You, you'll know yourself. You will know early on if a, if a client is there because they think they should be or they're there because they really want to be. Because we're not magicians. We're not magicians. I think people really, there's a, there's a lot of deconstructing this myth around psychotherapists that we know what you're thinking and that we can see into your brain. Uh, no, we can't. We work with what you tell us and we work, we work with feeling, we work at a depth. And if we can't get to a depth because the client is not, then they don't have agency or they're not, they're not that interested or they're not, it's not ready, they're not ready for it, then we're not going to be able to do our job. That's absolutely, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. No, and yeah. just sorry, Steve. Just just backing up again from that. It's um, I, I use this with with a lot of clients, you know, who, who come to me and they'll speak about, you know, I'm the expert, and no, me and John aren't the experts. We're not. We're we're no. not living your your life daily, minute by minute, you know, hour by hour. We're not. All we can do is help and 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 help you find them answers. You know, the clients are the experts. They're the experts. Yeah. They're the ones living it. You might just need a bit of direction now. As soon as you, as soon as you flip that around and you give them that, you're the expert. You see, you see them kind of gain that little bit of strength that potentially they didn't think they had. You know, a bit of control that they felt like they didn't have. All of a sudden, they become the expert. They might just need a little bit of guidance around and support around that. Them issues that obviously are causing them problems. Yeah, and uh, I mean, just for me guys as well touching in this in terms of counselling and with the membership of all that we do use and we bring people into it and we, we sort of talk them through the pathway to evolving mentally, becoming better mentally. Um, that goes from wake up to show up. And I won't go into too much depth about those stages, but one of the stages is clear up. And in terms of clear up being such an important part of the process and, and, and being able to make progress. Clearing up thoughts and emotions that are stopping you from acting 
and behaving and showing up in the world as you want and in, in the way that you see yourself being is so important and I've got to a point where over the last couple of months I've suffered with anxiety quite a bit um, just coming from from different things that have happened in my life and and where I've where I've been and I've wanted to resolve this anxiety and I've, got, I've been used to living with anxiety and, and sort of managing um, my mind and, and uh, state of mind mental health but I wanted to be able to clear this anxiety up and that was a, a massive massive sort of issue for me and it has been and, and to be honest like after the last few weeks of actually speaking with a counsellor and sort of understanding my journey and understanding more of what's gone in the last few years it's, it's enabled me so much more like free and so much like less worried less stressed less questioning I question stuff a lot that's that's the issue that I have um, you know even even when things are going well I can question stuff and it's about understanding that stress and that worry like you said Lee and, and being able to sort of normalise it too I think normalising it is such a big thing and I guess that's what we've been doing as Mantelic for so, so long um, but being able to sort of clear that up it's like just move that out of the way so I can focus on what I know is right and what I know is in line with my values and and um, it takes me forward and I don't know if I don't know if, if you'll you'll sort of um, you guys will, will connect with this um, either as therapists or as, as people um, I get a big sort of like kick to move into it or to start counselling or to start speaking to someone because I'm like I don't want to live and be half doing it you know like mm. I see mental health is such an important thing now and when I have that anxiety and, and you know when I'm moving from, from a different lifestyle like you guys have done I'm like nah I don't, I don't want to live half cocked here I don't want to I don't want to put up with it, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys can sort of, it's like that memento mori, it's like, you know, remember you are going to die, you know. It's like it's like yeah. that, that side of it where it's like, fuck, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to fucking live, you know. It's, it's, that, it's that part of it. And I think men sort of connect with that and um, can appreciate that that sometimes is, is the, the thing which makes them, message you know yourself john ollie um but is that something that you guys can connect with i me completely like I, i'd come from like an existential field where that kind of considerations that idea of all right this is my life and the whole fight club thing this is your life and it's ending one minute at a time how are you going to spend it, it it's, it's quite pertinent to me and I, I meet a lot of men for whom they will milestone their life and they don't always like they don't always like where they're at versus where they think they should be. Now, should's a horrible word, and Lee will tell you it's a horrible word in therapy, should. You know, I should be doing this and should be doing that. It's ultimately about maintaining curiosity and possibility. And I think it's such a rebellious act to come to therapy. It's such a rebellious act because what you're saying is I want to look around that corner and I'm going to need someone to walk me to look, look around that corner. That's hugely powerful. I think, I think one of the saddest things of all is when we lose our curiosity. Um, this can happen in any stages. I, I wrote a dissertation about sort of metaphysical death, you know, where, you know, when people retire but don't know what to do or don't know how to be, that defining moment in their life means that often they're paralysed with, 
with fear and an impossibility of reason, of curiosity, of possibility about what's coming next. Always striving to get around that corner. That's the huge buzz that I get. I can't speak fully, but I'm, I, well, I kind of can because I know it would be the answer. You know, we get a huge buzz for looking around that corner with people and going, wow, didn't expect to see that. This is massive. And Lee is absolutely right when he said that they're the expert. We're the expert when things go wrong. We're not an expert in their lives. We walk with them around that corner and navigate those possibilities and those pitfalls. And through it, they arrive at a place that's uniquely theirs and was always meant to be theirs before whatever happened, happened. That's the magic of it. And that's, as, as a therapist, when you lose that, you know, when someone loses that curiosity, that's the, one of the saddest things of all and where you've really got to sort of drive people to understand that there is always possibility, regardless of age, regardless of circumstances. There's always possibility. And so, yeah, it, it absolutely, absolutely is a turn on as a therapist to work with people in that in that regard, with no doubt about it. Yeah, in terms of that, yeah, fully, fully agree, John. Fully agree. And you know, when you are walking alongside someone, you know, on the on the journey, um, you know, it's the hardest thing I always find is is for someone to question their own beliefs and question that. And now, until you start questioning them, at times you're never going to find that answer. And you just, you just spoke then, Steve, about, you know, living life to the fullest, you know, living it purposefully. And a lot of the time our beliefs have been ingrained in us from a, from a young age, you know, to, to act a certain way, to behave a certain way. Who said they're right? You know, until you open that up and there's, there's socially acceptable behaviours, you know, we know that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not kind of, deviant away from them but I'm, I'm, I'm getting at the fact that you know their own beliefs of you know behave a certain way when actually that makes you unhappy right okay well let's question that now you know I, is that what johnson i'll walk around that corner with you but we've got to question a few things on the way or you've got to question a few things on the way um and then identity i think identity sits into this hugely for for a man um and again i'm not i'm speaking on behalf of many because of obviously the, the podcast we're on but you know the, the identity of a man and, and the identity of, of, you know, so many people of the old school way of, you know, who should be supporting the family, you know, financially and then changing, you know, the whole concept of that, you know, because times have changed, you know, so much. Um, so identity. And then I came across a little piece not long ago, probably about two weeks ago, and I, I thought it was brilliant and, and it did change it a few of the well, the way I thought, to be honest, and, and we speak about, you know, something as, as subtle as, you know, I need to go and do a food shop or I need to go to the gym or I need to go for a walk or I need to go and see John. Now, then words, we put so much pressure on ourselves about knowing it, you know, right there. And then I came across a little quote and they said, you know what? Have you ever thought about you get to do it? Because not everybody gets to go for a walk. Not everybody gets to go to the gym. Not everyone gets to go to work for whatever reason. And now it's, it's that, I suppose that positive psychology to a certain degree, isn't it? You know, you get to do it as opposed to I need to do it. And you take that pressure away and it just starts to change your mindset though and, and the way you you process things. And, and especially, you know, when, when you do take a lot for granted, if you like, you know, I don't really like using that, but but we do at times. But actually you get to do a lot of stuff. You don't need to do it because you're putting pressure on yourself. You get to do it. And it changed a lot. It changed my my concept of that a little bit and the way I think about things. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I guess in therapy or, or you guys as counsellors, you'll you'll get guys to go from shoulds to coulds, um, have 
or need to 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 um, get to us. It's like you are looking around that corner, and at the same time, I guess, as challenging the beliefs and normalising how you are feeling or you, how you have been feeling. Because I think as men, we just don't allow ourselves to feel anxious or stressed or worried. We just like, we have that other layer on top of it where we're like, why am I feeling like this? I shouldn't be like this. I need to be in the rat race. I need to be not stressed. I need to be sort of like just getting on with things, which makes things worse and makes things harder. But as well as, as, as sort of like a, a general level. And this is, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, but I am someone who's been obsessed with looking at how to um, become the best version of yourself and discover what your best is and show up as the best version of yourself in the world, whatever you're doing. Everything seems to direct you like towards the, yourself, discover your best, Everything this, this seems to direct you to looking at your own values, at what you enjoy doing, at what you believe is right in the world and what you value in the world. And even when I'd go through um, work with Alan Johnston um, and you're doing performance profiling as a player, as an, as an athlete, everything's just unlocking what you believe and what you enjoy and what you value as a player and how you want to play, you know? And it's getting you to to unearth it and then just act on it and behave to it, train to it. And, you know, it's just like the stuff that we're doing Evolve. We're just discovering their best. You know, we're just giving them the situation to discover their best to then go out and do it. Um, and I guess counselling is the sort of, the, the way to do that one-on-one and to just go, look, that's it, I've had enough of, being cloudy, I've had enough of being anxious, I've, I've had enough of judging myself, judging other people. Who can who, who can look at this this map that goes behind me in the past that stays with me now is and how I'm thinking about the future. You know, it's it's like a it's like a full on decision to do that and to, to get curious as you said, John. Yeah, and it's about authenticity as well. And it's a word that I use quite a lot, unlocking your authenticity and, and, and being the fullest version of yourself and the true version of yourself. Because as Lee said, absolutely right. You know, the identity and the ideas and traditions and pressures to be a certain way and be a certain man and adhere to certain social stereotypes takes us so far down the path of, 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 of badness simply because it's not our true path. And, and you know there will come a day when I don't I do not talk about AJP Taylor's the origins of the Second World War, but today is not that day. I am going to talk about this book. It's the best. It's, it's the best psychotherapeutic book that has ever ever been used. And and, and the reason why it's that it's tenuously psychotherapeutic. It's nothing to do with it. It's to do with the origins of the Second World War. But as a former historian, I knew about this book. But what it does is it challenges the reasons why it started, and says, look at this a different way, and that's therapy. Literally therapy. That book at the time was absolutely pilloried, and so was the guy that wrote it. And this is why there's a lot of taboo around therapy because when it's so hard to challenge the status quo, it's so hard to challenge conventional wisdom about who we should be as a man, how we should be as a man, how we should speak, that you know, the emotional depth to which we should go. That actually, you know, we, we, we're worried about copping a little bit if we do push at that door and go through it. 
And like, you know, while, while it's a prop for me and as a therapist, I absolutely did this idea that you've got to go your own path, that author and that and it absolutely went his own path and went, oh, by the way, guys, um, we might be slightly to blame for the beginning of the Second World War. Yeah, Nazis will do Nazi stuff and they're very bad men. However, we did squeeze the knackers off the Germans and create terrible conditions, which meant that Nazism prevailed. And everyone went, that's terrible. That's really unpatriotic. Now, that's that's the book that you get handed if people want to really understand the origin of the Second World War. So that which isn't conventional wisdom at one time suddenly becomes a prevailing wisdom later on. You know, I hope in, in sort of five, ten years we're in an environment where men's therapy and men's mental health and men, men's holistic health is... is, is it goes through the same sort of process where people really reevaluate it and go, we need to challenge conventional wisdom to a point where we create the new conventional wisdom. And so you're absolutely right. That identity that we, we, we are struggling and, you know, to get off our throat and stop strangling us, that, that's gradually happening. And, and I think we need to really, really work with men who really want to delve into that and, and move forward with what makes them them and what's, what's for them and about them and suits their need. Yeah, love that. And and Lee, just um, as we as we're closing down here, we've all been involved in rugby in some way, shape, or form. But I'm really interested to ask you what your thoughts are on how rugby life, as an athlete, as a as a player, as someone who, who who's grown up loving the game and enjoying the game, how could that improve for you? You've been at so many different clubs and you've played flipping so many games, like. How could that be made better for 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 athletes? Great question. For myself, now I speak. I'm speaking obviously from my own experiences here. Um, again, financial situations change a lot. You know, like anything in life. Um, but from a rugby point of view, welfare's going better, a lot better than obviously it was. Like anything, you know, it moves on, and, and welfare's really taking off and. They're doing a great job at the moment, but I, and a perfect world for me, you'd have a counsellor or psychologist within that within that framework as well. Um, and I know, like I said, the welfare's are getting trained, you know, level three counselling. Um, but at the same time, I think you you, you need a, a little bit more than that. Um, and again, I'm being biased. Well, maybe, um, but. I think, you know, for someone to, for so long, we'll speak, obviously I'm speaking on behalf of Rugby League, for so long it's been about the physical attributes and the physical elements of the game. Now, yeah, I understand that because you've got to go out there and, and as we say, you know, put your body on the line. That's, that's what you do, you know. You've got, you've got a 20-stone man running at you. Now, I'm pretty certain when I was crawling around as a nipper, I weren't planning on a 20-stone man running at me at so many miles an hour and I've got to put my body in front of him. Um so, you know, I, I get the physical element, but from a, a, a mental state, you know, it would it have helped me massively if I knew what I knew now regarding the psychological framework of myself and of, of others, 100%. Um, so, again, yeah, I might be speaking a little bit biased, but I, I just think having counsellors, psychologists, you know, around them, around them areas, because ultimately, you know, it's still in sport now, there is a little bit of, well, there is there's that stigma, you know. You, you speak about clinical psychologists, you know, within a, a sporting framework. There's a stigma around that still, and it's about taking that away, you know, and and understanding that how can you be the best version of yourself? You know, we've, we're all going to experience life difficulties. Okay, you know, it, it's not it's not right from the city and say no one will, will 
will face some form of adversity or some form of trauma at times, we're going to. You know, life can be difficult, which, again, I'm normalising it again. You know, life can be difficult at times. But having that support network around you and having them people, you can have them conversations and open up with, you know, it, it gives you a whole different a different dynamic, you know, especially as, as a player. And I said players, though, but actually, as we know, you've got coaches. You know, you've got backroom staff. Now, if if your staff and your players, if, if you're involved in a, in a rugby league club or you're involved in a, in a business, if you like, if all they need to focus on and they've got that healthy mindset and, and all they do is come into work, not worrying, not worrying too much, you know, they're stressed, they've got people around them, they can come in, they can do the job, um, and they can get on with the job and the coaches can come and do the coaching. And then you've got, you know, your your welfare, your counsellors, your psychologists sat in the middle. To me, that's that's a real healthy business, a healthy rugby league club, a healthy football club, whatever it's a, There's a real healthy structure. And I, I like the word healthy, as you can tell, but it just it just emphasises how much from shifting from the physical elements of a game to the mental elements of the game, because it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And so, yeah, to, to sum it up, I, I think there's a, we need, um, in a perfect world, you'd have counselling and psychologists within a, within a club. Yeah, love that. Love that. Is there anything you guys want to add um, as we close down, as we, as, as we end the podcast? Uh, no, I, I'm, this has been a, if not lonely, but certainly a singular furrow that I've ploughed for nearly 12 months now. So <laughs> to get a colleague is kind of nice. You know, I left, I, I left full, t- uh, full time employment to come and be a therapist based on the principles that I were going to be curmudgeonly and miserable and only work for myself. And I find myself nearly 12 months later pining for colleagues and getting one in Lee Jewett. So I'm kind of chuffed. So it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice to have that sort of, uh, someone to, throw ideas about with to talk who, who knows the environment as I do and I know that if the Lancashire and Northwest arm of mentality psychotherapy and counselling goes half as well as it has done over in here in Yorkshire because it can only ever go half as well in Lancashire as it can in Yorkshire obviously uh, <laughs> but like if it, if, it, if, it, if it yeah if it if it if it rocks and rolls um and absolutely on a merits-based, for merit-based reasons, because Lee's a great therapist and a great fella. I know that it's going to be absolutely brilliant as this. And so I'm really excited about, you know, adding adding the Northwest to what we've already done in Yorkshire and, and with plans ahead. So I'm super excited about this. This is going to be grand. And probably on behalf of me, Steve, here, like it's, um, it's obviously it's a, it's a huge, a huge privilege, you know, to, to be asked, you know, to be asked from yourself and, and John and, speaking with Dom as well, you know, you know, to come on board and and lift this, you know, and keep it keep it moving. Keep it moving. But, you know, for myself it's it's a privilege that I get to share. And, and I know John will speak here from a, a therapeutic point of view. I get to share these journeys with with men. You know, they they've they've put that trust, you know, they they feel they're not going to be judged. You hold that safe space with them and you can have them conversations. So a huge part of of my purpose and, and yeah, just, just everything about, you know, being able to share them spaces with men uh, and people, people in general, you know, and it is, it's a, um, it's a huge privilege for myself and, I, and I'm sure John will, will back me up with that one. You know, it's, 
it's just it's such a I don't know. It's, if someone said to me, "What's your perfect role?" Because I don't call it a job, because this is more than a job. Um, what's your perfect role in life? What's your purpose in life? Personally, it's, it's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know where where your excellence and your passion combine, you're going to be good. And and I think you know I've never I've never had a role in my life where I felt so at home and such sense of belonging, and to be able to do that through mentality and you know, to work with you guys is, is, is class. So long may that continue. Yeah, I'll back that up, guys. Just the, I feel like we are creating a team. Um, I feel like we are getting a team that, that's got the right right values in place, you know, the right sort of mission, the right purpose. And um, as I said, from the, it feels really natural and it feels like something that I'm so excited to be a part of and I don't get to do the conversations that you guys do and, you know, eventually I'll get my own flipping counselling qualification. But it's it's yeah, it's a dream. It's an absolute dream to see this team coming together. And you know, Lee's going to be operating around over in the northwest in, in Lancashire, and obviously online too. And I think you know, guys, as 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 we keep going, it'll it'll grow and. And the, the beautiful thing is we're going to just have more and more men, more and more people that that come into the mentality world and can feel more like themselves again and feel like they're, they're, they're doing themselves justice. And um, it makes me really happy. It makes me really, really happy to even be a part of it. So thanks for coming in and, and um, you know, eventually we might have a, a full 13 who knows, maybe with some reserves on the side as well. Um, but yeah, the, growing the team is amazing. And, and I know we spoke a lot about men um, in this episode and, you know, we are, it's mentality. It may eventually become humanality, who knows. But um, just to reiterate that it's not all um, focused on solely men. Um, John sees um, women and Lee uh, sees women as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's perfectly an option for, for anyone who's listening to this that feels like that they can connect with John, they can connect with Lee, and they connect with mentality, whatever that means to you. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for, for listening. And Lee and John, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm sure it's going to continue to be incredible too. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. Good night.